Hi, guys. Hello. Welcome back to Want to Talk About It. I am Lilikoy. And I'm Persia. Oh, are we doing? I'm Loka. <laughs> and I'm Persia. Oh, well, I introduced myself as Lilikoy and you said Persia. Oh, sorry. My bad. No. Okay. I'm Lilikoy. That's Persis. Um, and we're here to talk to you about things. About trauma called high school. Um, the <laughs> like, dark, actually. The dark days. Um, as Guys, we- we're filming late night again. So if we're <laughs> on edge, that's why. We literally said that we weren't going to, we were going to stop doing this. We were like, from now on, we both need to sleep. It's important that we both get sleep. So we're going <laughs> to stop recording at night. Uh, and we actually, the past two weeks have been during the day. Well, that's because we literally couldn't record at night last week. It was like we hung out the day that okay, it forced us. Okay, well, give us some credit. <laughs> I don't know. The week before we did it, though, we we did virtual. We did. Yeah. We did, and so it was good. But this week we're we're right back to it. Oh um, well. Yeah, this week we're talking about high school and our experiences. But before we get into that, how was your week, Persia? My week was fine it was good it was last day of classes on yesterday so it was good um has it been a productive school week not necessarily am I gonna deal with everything at a later point in my life yes I am valid valid it's it's gonna get dealt with it just hasn't gotten dealt with yet you know what I mean yeah yeah just waiting for next week to be over because I have a final on Monday what as I say tell them about your like you found out you got a job you I, mean, I don't know if that was this week, but you have some updates. Oh, yeah. I got a job. <laughs> yeah. It's not like a super, it's not like a grown-up job like Loka's, but okay. it is kind of. I mean, I guess I am going to be on, I, like, you know, like the first, the first week of school events that you host where it's like, welcome to college, blah, 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 blah. Wow. Wow. Wow week. Week of welcome. I'm gonna be on the board to help plan some of those events. So that'll be fun. Um it's not gonna be as crazy hours as Loka is, but um I'm actually kind of really excited for it. I feel like it's gonna be fun. So it will be fun. Yeah. <clears throat> that happened this past week. Um this I mean honestly, I think I'm just kind of waiting for next week to be over because I go home next Friday. Um I have two asynchronous finals, so they're like online and open notes. And then I have two in-person finals. So my in-person finals are Monday and Thursday. So I'll go home next Friday. And so I'm just waiting for those to be over. And then I think uh, I'm going to be less stressed than I am. That's so wild to me that you go home next Friday. I know. For winter break, I'm literally not going to be back till I was saying bye to a couple people today because I realized I wasn't going to see them. And then I was like, oh, dang, wait, like, have a good new year. Like, I'll see you next year. Classic. Because it's December first, and we're not going to see them. I'm not going to see these people until January. Yeah, that's just so weird. To me. For those of, like, so Persia's last day of class was yesterday, two days ago. What day? Yeah, yesterday, November third. <clears throat> My last day of class is next Friday, and then I have exams the next week, and then after that, I don't even get to go home because I'm in a show. So, and I have a job. So, I think like, that you're. We started a week earlier than you, though. Yeah. 
you I did. Remember, I remember that. I started a week earlier than you. Yeah. Um, and so the only difference is that I end a week earlier than you and I have finals a week earlier than you. <laughs> yeah. It's just so weird. But your break's yeah. longer than mine, too. Your your day back is the is night, it? right? Yeah. Yeah, that's my day back. Oh. But, like, literally, your break is a whole week, two, uh, two or one week longer than mine. That's crazy. Yeah, lucky. Sorry. Again, Sorry. it doesn't really make a difference to me because I'm not going home until after Christmas. But <laughs> I don't know. I I just could use it. I want to feel sympathy to you, but I just can't because I <laughs> just like you're in a lot more of a competitive academic environment than I am. It's been a very stressful semester. I think it's just been a lot of adjusting all at once. Yeah. But she's at Smart People School, and I'm at uh Florida school. People School. If that tells you anything, no offense to people who live in Florida. No, but... stop. You're. I mean, well, okay. I mean. Let's, we don't need to dance around it like people are dumb here like <laughs> but the thing is is that like I don't want it to be a thing of like I'm not smarter than you it's you, the sweetest I've done up in you different definitely places. are I'm would, not smarter than you are you kidding I don't think I would have gotten it's definitely if, not true just just to clarify this is very important to me that people know this I would not have ever wanted to go to Carolina but if I would have applied, I wouldn't have gotten in. If I would have the applied, the only reason for that is I think that I sometimes chose school over things that you wouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, I think I that's just, the only reason. We I can think, get into it. We'll get into it in this episode. We'll we talk can, about we, school. We can actually we can get into that. But we'll yeah. have this conversation. Yeah, but we'll come back to this. Okay, wait. Back. Tell Let's me. Move. Tell us about your week before we start. Um, my week was. I mean, it was fine. Coming back to school was. I mean, I don't know. The only word is kind of fine. Nothing has really happened. Um, I, I've been doing a lot of stuff at work. <laughs> we're getting, we're in, we're in Hell Week. If you're a theater kid, you know what Hell Week is. Um, and it's just that time of the show where everything kind of just is not ready to go on stage, but it has to anyway. <laughs> and we're there, and so a kind of like a lot of that is getting voluntarily pushed on me I, I stepped up to do a bunch of stuff and it's just it's it's stuff that I love doing I <laughs> this is gonna sound so weird but I love being stressed with theater like if there's something that needs to be done I'm gonna do it for the most part and there's just a lot that needs to get done and so me being me I was like I'll do it I'll do it I'll do it and I love making lists and organize organizing and scheduling and so that's kind of my job right now is to just get everything together literally everything and so yeah I've been doing a lot of stuff with work and like even when I'm not at work I'm working I feel Um, like it's low-key almost worse to be voluntarily overwhelmed because it's like you can't even complain because you choose to do it and well (laughs) I enjoy doing it but also it's like really stressful I don't know if I don't know if my coworkers listening but if he is he can like he can attest to the fact that every single time he walks into work and sees me or I walk into work and see him he's always like he's like how are you and I'm always like fine (laughs) I think it's just the fact that I I'm stressed and I'm frustrated that I'm as stressed as I am but I'm also enjoying it because if I didn't want to do it I wouldn't have asked or like not I wouldn't have accepted 
to do if that makes any sense it does I, but I don't, I don't think that I don't think it being something you enjoy makes it less stressful no but I like, can love the content of the stuff I'm studying in school and still be stressed by the amount of work it is I think I'm stressed by the time I'm really scared because I feel like a lot is riding on me and there's a lot of pressure with the role I've taken on because it went from me being cast in the show to working at the place where the show is to essentially putting together a lot of components for the show yeah and I don't want to make it sound like I'm crap talking crap talking the place at all it's it's like I said I literally volunteered to get done what needs to get done it's just the time I'm feeling the pressure of the time had I had more time I think I'd be enjoying it a lot more but it's just it's a good introduction to what to what I want to do in life it's it's this is how it's going to be from now on and so it's I need to get used to it now and and it would be worse if it was something I didn't want to do than doing it but it's something I want to do so yeah not to downplay your stress but you do always get your stuff together you always get it done you always figure it out so it's going to be okay so I mean I've just been doing a lot of work like I said when I'm not at work I'm working yeah um and then pretty much all my classes are done I have class next week but not really like a lot of my classes were like were done with class so you don't need to be here next week just come for your final (laughs) but I do have some classes next week and so it's just kind of wrapping up last minute assignments um I got I, I finished my I don't know if I I don't know if I've talked about it but I kind of want to get into the topic for today so I'm not really going to talk about it much but in my creative writing class we had to essentially make a book (gasps) that scared me we had to essentially (laughs) essentially make a book with all of the work we've done everything we've written over the past three months of school and it's like it's a bunch of different like genres like we had a we had to write a play we had to write a fiction piece a nonfiction piece a journal entry a creative nonfiction a flash fiction like so many different things a bunch of different poems and our our final project was to make a book to write a book with everything we've done and so I I got mine uh not published but I got it made I got the book made and I got it back today and I got to like see it and hold it. And I don't know. It's just, it's really rewarding to know that I made something. Guys, this book is the best book I've ever read. read. Okay. <laughs> it is my favorite book that I've ever read because it's so good. It got me so emotional. Girl. I was simply not, you think I'm joking. I was simply not okay yesterday it when I read not this the book. Best book. I sat down. It is. It is the best book I've ever read. Sorry, my bad. The Bible. It is the second best book I've ever read. Okay, fine. You're correct. It's not the best book I've ever read. It is the second best book I've ever read. It is so good. It got me emotional. I literally have never, like, I've never found myself seeing myself in a book so much. Like, I never thought that I would relate so much to you because we've had conversations similar to it. I didn't realize, like, but somehow the way that you were writing it, I was like, dang maybe like maybe maybe this is not just her maybe we all do be like this like I found myself seeing me in certain certain stories and certain like relationships within the book and I'm like oh gosh this is simply not okay and I was literally a wreck all day yesterday after reading this book Uh, I don't know I'm I'm not like 
I could be prouder of it, but I'm proud that it's it's extremely personal. It is so good. And I really wanted it to be personal because when I started it, I was like, I'm scared that it's going to come off like very like fabricated. But I think like everything that I put in there is me. It simply was probably the realest, most raw thing I've and ever also written I've ever read from your writing because I've I've seen your writing and songwriting a lot and I've seen you write in poetry a lot but this is probably one of the like most vulnerable raw types of writing I've ever seen from you and it was it like maybe emotional well I'm really pre- like I said I don't want to talk about it too much because we have a we have a to- we actually do have like a topic for today <laughs> but completely unrelated to this book but I'm can we have an episode where we just talk about the book I mean if you're down I don't want to like I want to so badly I was thinking about it the other day and I wasn't sure if you'd actually be okay with us doing it but I really want to do it I want to talk about like each section of the book and like talk about it if that's okay with you can we please I want to so badly okay (laughs) (laughs) okay guys be on the lookout this is gonna come soon anyway it all fits push it let's push our episode topic and talk about this today what let's push our topic of episode and let's talk about this today change of plans guys we're no longer (laughs) high school (laughs) i promise you will get this episode but like i am just really the main reason we're doing this is because of me i'm not gonna lie to you it's locus book about locus life and locus relationships but it's about me and here's why (laughs) I have been I just have so many thoughts about this and I really think that like there's like this book just tells so much about Loka and her life and like the way that her brain works and the way that like certain relationships have affected her and it says so much about like her musicality and her artistry and her like writing brilliance and like you get to see her ambitious end and like things she values and like just so much in the book and I want to talk about it because I'm absolutely, I'm not kidding when I say this is one of the best books I've ever written. So I really, really uh, read, not written. I was <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I simply did not write this in any way, shape, or form. She loves this so the much that she read. hurts. <laughs> it's mine. It's actually mine now. But I just feel like talking about it will help y'all get to know Loka better. And it's just something like I'm really excited about because I'm really, really proud of her. And I really want to talk about it. Okay, now you talk about it. As well as just, like, in a good intro to who I am and stuff like that, it's also a really good segue into learning about how analytical we are to everything. It, it, it'll it'll be more smooth when, for when we transition into, like, the Lizzie McAlpine episode, the Joshua Bassett episode, like, all those musical and episodes. It, it'll be more familiar to you guys because this is going to show you guys how much we – I mean, I mean, obviously, this I wrote it. This is simply so true. You are going to watch us break down a piece of work that's obviously personal to her. Like, you're going to see us break it down. And, and I think that's going to help you process, like, the way that our brains interpret art, which is clearly very important to us and a lot of what the podcast is going to be about. So I, I think that it also works it's intentional. We we did this on purpose. Yeah, we Clearly. yeah we we planned this actually. We planned this is the thing. Yeah, we totally knew we were going to talk about this. I think start from the beginning. Talk about like the assignment and so yeah. 
little me here at Florida Gulf Coast University. I'm a theater major, but I'm also a creative writing minor. I'm minoring in creative writing, and usually freshmen don't get to declare a minor. Um, so it's actually technically not my declared minor, and I am technically not allowed to take any minor-related classes until my sophomore year. But since I did college English when I was in high school, um, two two years of it, uh, I got to override my freshman English classes and declare my major and start my minor. I mean, declare my minor and start my minor, which was creative writing. And so I'm in a class called Intro to Creative Writing. And basically every single week, we focused on writing a certain genre. And we would have to submit our piece by the Friday of the week. And the the minimum was two pages. It had to be two pages long. So every week we had to write a piece based on a different genre. And the point of writing all these pieces was one tech exercise writing in different genres and not getting stuck to one certain way of writing but to at the end of the class instead of a final exam we had a final project which was to literally make a book out of all the assignments we have written and it was called like a, it's called my chat book is technically what it's called that's the assignment and so in it in the chapbook was it had to be a piece you had to have at least three pieces in there because you could you could pick and choose which one of your assignments you wanted to include like not all my assignments are in this um and I'll get more into that in a second but um it had to be like a minimum of three different pieces you wrote from the class and they had to be like three different you had to include three of your different genres at least um and so like like our first week we started with just like writing a journal write a journal entry about your life and then like it progressed into like writing a fiction piece writing a 10 minute play writing a fiction story or i just said that a flash fiction story with less than 2000 words which was hard for me and i struggled but i did it um and then we had to write like a micro memoir it really like challenged me as a writer because I'm not a fiction writer. I I literally only write about like my like what's in my head. Like I'm not good at fiction at all. And so that week was really hard. Flash fiction week was really hard. <clears throat> Even the 10 minute play was difficult for me. Um, but yeah, so at the end of the semester or like towards the end of the semester, we started not having assignments, but focusing on like our chapbook and getting it put together and what pieces we were going to put in there, um, what pieces we didn't want to put in there. And if we kind of just had free, free reign about how we wanted to put it together. So some people like literally just put all their assignments into a book and like called it a day. And then you have people like me who like came up with the theme for the book and like only included pieces that had to do with the theme. But I mean, I'm lucky enough to where I only wrote about one topic really like all my pieces kind of related back to this one certain thing and so it was kind of easy to theme out the book but yeah I kind of just went overboard (laughs) no I'm glad that you like explained it 
that was a lot for us to get nowhere in the conversation no it's okay i mean the book is basically like the whole theme structure like do you care if i i talk about it no go please the book is called made by you first of all that's the name of the book yes. um if you hadn't noticed from the title because we're not talking about it and i'm so happy um and the the way that she structured it was um very chron- chronological story type where she had like a section of the beginning a section of the middle and a section of the end and then within each of those sections there were uh three to four pieces each um and so yeah i like i kid you i while you were talking i was pulling up the document did you read the document that i i did i read both you and rachel's things i'm and not gonna lie to you it wasn't constructive at all i don't know if it, it wasn't which anything. i'm very no. reliant on criticism like very reliant on it and Persia gave me none but no like well, the thing is i i started it really trying to find things and then i just got lost in reading it and so then the the whole me reading it as a friend trying to critique it got lost and then i was just reading it so I, sorry I, like, I i don't think you and rachel got I don't think my text messages to you guys like like l- expressed how appreciative I am. Her and our friend Rachel like literally made me these notes, these documents full of just their thoughts about everything. When literally all I asked them to do was proofread it. Just proofread it to make sure there's no errors. And I ended up I ended up <laughs> But with I these- didn't proofread it. She literally didn't. <laughs> I ended up with these two documents from these two people like analyzing this thing that I it's gonna make me cry actually like analyze it it just made me so happy because it's like it just showed you guys actually care about it which made me extremely happy but I I don't know there wasn't a single thing that I wasn't able to see tie back to the the core story of it all I, I found it everywhere and it made me process it more but there were just like there were these oh my gosh like you are incredible like just the way that you write it like cuts in a really really deep way because it's so raw and it's so honest but it's so like beautifully written there were certain quotes that I read and then I had to reread it 15 times and write it down because I was like there's simply no way that I can forget this because that actually really hurt me in like the best possible way this is after the whole sad writing happy writing conversation that we had I I love me a good sad piece it really gets it really got me and I was like like every single piece I just found myself getting I literally got so invested in reading this that I stopped proofreading I was just reading it because I was like if you change a single thing I'm gonna hurt you you can't do it it's so good as it is like at this point I thought that if you changed anything it would change the integrity of what it was meant to be and it's what it is is honest it's messy it's chaotic slightly but like in the best possible way because that's how the situation you were referring to was yeah it was just perfect and I like really like I got really lost in it and my that's why I was not helpful and I told you I wasn't going to be helpful I warned you about that but yeah yeah well I I mean I don't know I just really appreciate it because that's why I wanted to wait to read you guys's things until I was like home and in my bed like able to like really read it because it was just not what I was expecting and it was a lot (laughs) but I I know I pulled out like 15 million quotes that like under every single section I had like 15 quotes that like really got me 
should I start by like <laughs> explaining should I start by explaining like the title page or like the cover oh yeah do it okay so like Persia said the book is called made by you and the reason it's titled that is because throughout the whole semester I I was trying so hard to not write stories about a certain situation but every single thing I wrote had like it I just it ended up being what I wrote about I just had something to say no matter what the genre was like my even my freaking 10 minute play is about this stupid person and so the the title is made by you because pretty much the whole theme and consensus of the book is that all of the pieces show how this one person shaped me whether they know it or not I am a result of that experience and that person and I mean essentially like had that person not been in my life at all I would be a completely different person and so I don't know I thought made by you was a really good title because I kind of feel like I was like at least at least this version of me was made by that person and that's just who I am so that's the title I think the reason that it hurt in a weird way (laughs) was because it was like I was there to watch this entire situation unfold with this individual but I didn't I never realized like how much of this situation consumed every aspect of your life like I knew but I didn't you know like I in my mind like I know that Loke is the type of person that clings on to people and so I knew that she had clung on to this person but I didn't realize that it was like personality like life shifting yeah so the yeah so it was just very interesting to see like like it was it was it's always different to read your writing reflecting on certain situations because I am never able like I I sometimes I'm not able to process how impactful things are unless I read it from your words and reading it from your words like make it so much clearer and so like that sounds so stupid but I don't know if that makes sense it was interesting to like reflect back onto the emotions that you were going through because I was there at the time like I do remember what was happening so then to see like the depth and the level that it impacted you through your writing was like a really like it was an interesting like I don't know yeah well then the I'll post a picture of the cover with the like podcast announcement on the Instagram with like the weekly like snippet I'll post a picture of the cover so that you can like see it but on the cover it has the title and my name obviously but then it's I did not draw this by the way shout out Canva um I cannot draw for the life of me but it's it's two faces um and they're like you know those that style it's like the style where it's like the one line the single line drawn to like make the face I don't know if that makes any sense but it's a girl and a guy and the girl is looking up at the guy and he's like not even looking at her at all but she's like attached to him and she's like looking up at him and he's just looking away and oh my god (laughs) and I, I really liked the sketch aspect of it because it's like they're being made they're being like sculpted and he's on top he's making I don't 
I don't know if it makes any sense, but that's what it is. If like the way that the the I think this will be clear when it's posted, but basically like what she's saying is that the structure of it is almost set up so that he's almost in his own world, like looking away, not even noticing her, but her entire focus and like the entire direction of her face is shaped around looking at him and almost watching him and like so it's just like it's it's very reflective of what we're going to talk about that's actually in the book and I think that it was honestly like a really beautiful perfect cover it gives Um, power right off the bat I agree um yeah so then the table of contents and I think Persia said this earlier but like it's separated so it has obviously it has like a table of contents with each piece in it but the pieces are separated into um a chapter called the beginning a chapter called the middle and a chapter called the end and I kind of like took the pieces that I had written all at different times like I wrote these completely out of order and I kind of like looked at where they fit in the timeline I love a good timeline I'm all about timelines and (laughs) and yeah so I kind of just like separated them and that's that and then I had a dedication page and oh that messed me up I was like here we go (laughs) (laughs) well the dedication actually changed a few different times first it was like well I'll talk about it in a second I dedicated it to um the old me the me before you the old me who loved herself and loved love um and it changed a few times because originally it was dedicated to I was like dedicated to everybody out there who is a romantic like me, blah, 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 blah. And then it changed to it being dedicated to the boy that it's written about because it's written about the boy that I kind of talked about a few times before, a lot of times I'm sure before. I figured that out already. Yeah. <laughs> so like then it, it was dedicated to the boy that I wrote it about. But then I was like, no, this is not for him. This is not so for him. True. It's a message to him, but it is not made for him. Um, so then I kind of <laughs> then it <laughs> made by you, made for him. <laughs> <laughs> then, <laughs> then it changed to um, the old me, so she can read it and know what's coming her way, or like learn a lesson before I do. I don't know. It was so stupid. And then I changed it to what it is now because I don't know. I think it's just dedicated to the per- the version of me that hasn't been so affected by men yet (laughs) okay I don't really know how to do this if I'm honest let's just go through each piece okay so we start we can talk about like the general and then we could talk like we don't obviously don't read everything but like we could like like, talk about certain quotes and like certain themes in it okay the structure and stuff like that okay um so the first chapter starts called the beginning and the art for that is two hands that are they're holding hands and their arms are like made of flowers and I really liked that because I mean in the beginning it started as like you know being close and you know flowers are blooming and everything's happy and everything's good confusing but good um and the first piece within that chapter is called Who I Am. And it was the first piece I ever wrote for the class um, for our journal entry John or journal entry module. And I we had to write a piece about 
who we are like like who do we think we are what do we know about ourselves what do we wonder about ourselves all this stuff and so originally the piece was called who am I but then I changed it to who I am and that will come into play later um so yeah it's basically just a piece about little things I know about myself what what I loved about like I didn't realize this until later but I'll mention it it's really interesting that this piece is it, it comes off slightly uncertain but in comparison to the rest of the pieces, it's very definitive. Like, yeah. it's very much like, these are the facets of my personality that are important, that are the cores of who I am. Like, do you mind if I mention some? No, okay. go ahead. Okay. So, like, you talk about, like, she's, she's like, saying, like, I'm a clinger. Like, I, I live my life with these pieces and through these moments. And, like, it, I, I reminisce really often and like just she talks about how like she has a tendency to cling on to people and then she talks about how she's a thinker like she's very overthinking about the words that she allows to come out of her mouth she's very overthinking about the choices that she makes and the things that she does then she goes into like I'm a romantic like this is what drives me this is what fuels me in my relationships like this is how I have a tendency to view, view people in like this beautiful rose rose-colored lens and sometimes that hurts me but like that's just how I am because that's just, like <laughs> how you can't help it and like she talks about how like she's a dreamer and like there's just like as unrealistic as the dreams kind of may be like there is a part of her that's constantly dreaming about a world that's just better a world where she's able to feel a little bit more satisfied like a world where she's able to live the life that she's always wanted and always dreamed yeah. for herself but was never able to like see um, and she talks about how like her dreaming is so unrealistic and so she's almost always pessimistic about the future because she knows reality won't oh. live up to the dreams she dreams. I dream a dream. I knew you were gonna do that. <laughs> I the second I said it, I knew it. But like I mean, then she talks about like she compares herself to a cold season, which is a very interesting paragraph, by the way. I really loved that. Hey. Um the this okay. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna read you some of my some of the quotes I love because I really want them to hear it. But like, then she talks about how she's a, mu- a musician and like, music is such therapy for her. And like in that way, she's able to release everything that she's not able to say and like everything that she thinks and is just not releasing. She's able to just be as honest and as blunt as she is. She's able to define the story and write it exactly how she wants it to be, and she's able to actually get things out of her head. And then she like talks about how there's still so much about herself that she doesn't know. But, like, these are just the facets of herself that she's figured out. And then she ends it by basically saying that, like, I was made by you. And it, like, leads into the rest. But but she, it's almost, like, it's, it's like, uncertain, but it's very definitive by these core things. And it's, it's, it's really a really good start because, obviously, this is the very beginning, the first story. And you're able to see the way that, like, that definitiveness shifts. And by the end of it, like, you look back on who you are and you're just so uncertain because the, the the impact of the situation like took these things that you were really confident about were the core parts of your personality and your who you were as a person and it just got so blurry everything in between I don't know yeah. I just I thought I thought that was a perfect start I also wrote it like I said it was the very first piece I wrote for the class so I wrote it having no clue that the book was going to become what it was um, I love that you found the title within the first um, chapter. Oh, no, I didn't. You didn't know the, it was going to be? No, it actually didn't have a title until about three weeks ago. Um, We had, it was a requirement. Well, and I'm hoping I get a good grade on it. Um, Because it still has, it still needs to be graded. 
this at the cause cool as, as cool and creative as this is supposed to be it's also supposed to be like an assignment that I, it's my final exam so I'm hoping I get a good grade on it but one of the things is that it has to be like almost completely revised this is one of the quotes that I really loved it says um it's like in the intro paragraph and it says I know that somewhere there's someone who could tell you exactly who I am, my ins and outs, my deepest thoughts, the rivers of of my personality that run through my veins. He should know after all. He practically made me or at least changed me for better or for worse. I read that and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, gosh, I was like, "Ah, we're about to get into this. Like, but like you dropped that little comment there. You have this whole section like all about you and not relating to him in any way, shape or form. And then you pulled it back to touching about him at the very very end and I thought that was like really like I really liked the full circle type of moment especially because obviously the next one is really more focused on him than it was about you but I liked that the whole piece wasn't about it but it was there and it was clear I mean I think you you mentioned this quote in the doc and I'm glad you noticed it because it was something that I was also really proud of in the beginning paragraph I kind of talk about how like I am as much as I don't like myself I do wonder and think about myself a lot, like, and not even like a self-critical way, not even like, oh, why did I say that? I mean, I do that too, but just in like a, I wonder why I said that kind of way, just genuinely curious. I'll do something so everyday and so normal and I'll be like, why do I do that? Like, like what has happened to make me be like that? I'm just constantly wondering like what my motivations are and So the whole first paragraph is about that pretty much. And then at the end, I said, I find it hard to understand how I know myself better than anyone in this world, but somehow I hardly even know who Lola Koi Porter is. And I really like that. I I was really proud of that just because I feel like it's so true. When I first read it, I read right past it. And then I was like, wait, what? And so then (laughs) I I reread it and then I processed it. And I was like, whoa, that is crazy because it it is (laughs) sorry that sounded dumb because it's very true like I think one of the things about people is that this is gonna seem unrelated but I I promise you it is I've noticed that a lot of times when I've met people for the first time here one of the things they'll comment on is like oh like you just seem so like confident or you just seem so like happy or like just like at like peaceful or whatever like they'll they'll make these comments about how I seem and I'm like girl what like what did you just say to me like that is really funny but it's the it's because when I look at myself I don't just see the way that I act I see all of the like things that are going on beneath the surface of my brain I see all of my thoughts that are racing I see all of my past and the way that I've come off people before I see all of these little moments and things in between about who I am and the way that I work and what makes me the way that I am and like what I'm really thinking is not necessarily what I'm portraying but I just see myself in this one specific type of light so it's like I know me better than anybody else does so I know that when you're telling me that I seem confident I know that that's simply not true I'm able to know that about myself but also at the same time like do I understand how my brain works at all not really could I tell you who I am as a person not really like I know but I don't I know more than anybody else could possibly yeah yet I have no clue and so like you saying it like that it like really it it I had a double take for that but I was like whoa that is really true yeah actually 
I think, I mean, how many conversations have we even talked about, about like why we find ourselves reacting the way that we do, why we find ourselves responding to things the way that we do, like why we find ourselves like thinking of, of certain things, some type of way and certain things, another type of way. And like what in our past has shaped us to, to naturally respond to this and this and this, like we, you and I have, have the natural tendency to want to understand the way that we function and so not understanding that is like something that we 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 don't want like we want to be able to process the way that we work yeah because I feel like there's power in that I think that there's a lot of power in knowing the way that your brain ticks and the way that like what has shaped you to become how you are and that kind of goes back into the last episode where I was talking about how like me knowing my bad habits means that I now have the power to actively work to act against it. Yeah. You were talking about the words thing later on your thing. You were like, you were saying that like, I know myself enough to know that if I were to open my mouth and say what's in my head, I could, what did you say? I could kill a thousand soldiers. I know that they could have done the most yeah, evil to, in this and this way. It's in the, I'm a thinker. I, th- I think it's actually in, I think it's in who, who, I, who I am. <laughs> No, it is. Oh, sorry. I thought you were asking about what section. It is in who I am. Oh, it's in the I'm I was, a finger section. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. You said Persia knows this. I know that my thoughts could <laughs> She knows it better than you... What did I tell you? I read that thing so thoroughly. You said this is one of the ones that I was like, dang. You said, um, this is one of the lines I put too. I think I put this one too. You say, um, I've heard from inside my head that I know I make mountains sink into the earth with my words if I could just learn how to open up my lips behind these those tongues are a million thoughts waiting under my tongue to be let out into the air but I I refuse I know that my thoughts could hurt a hundred soldiers so I pulled back even though those soldiers are guilty of hurting a million innocent people I am articulate and make sure that whatever I speak I fully intended to I've gotten quite good at biting my tongue even when it's bleeding with anger and rage it's like you are so intentional in knowing that like your words have power and so you're going to utilize it in just the right moment in just the right time in just the right way so that what comes out is exactly what you mean to so it's like that is a byproduct of constantly analyzing yourself constantly analyzing the way your brain works you know like there's power in knowing how you function it's just being self-aware and so yeah like the whole piece is just kind of like each each paragraph starts with I'm a and then it's something some attribute about myself every single section of this piece explains why the events that take place later in the book take place it's all Persia's gonna probably disagree with this but the whole situation with this boy was my fault I had the power at the beginning to end it and save myself a lot of hurt but the reason it didn't end is because of all these things about me that make me not want to end things, make me not feel like I can end things, make me feel like I want more, um, make me feel like I can't open up. Like, I don't know. At the end of the day, I could have ended things, but I didn't because that's who I am. Because no matter how angry I am, I'm going to just let it happen, you know? I don't know. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like we have a lot I to I just but. don't think that there's a fault is the difference in what we think. Yeah. I think that your headspace at the time was that you were just so willing to let whatever happens happen. 
just because so something you knew could happen. it was going to end badly just so something could happen you knew that it was going to end badly everybody told you it was going to end badly but you wanted to be in that situation so much that you intentionally chose to romanticize the bad things into good things and like yep it was just <laughs> the the headspace that you were at at the time was just that you were willing to have it happen but that doesn't necessarily mean the way he treated you as well either it was just yeah. both of it was bad situations melding into one complicated situation yeah it's kind of like i know it's going to end badly so I might as well have some sort of fun while it's happening which it's- is where we differ because i don't like in in my mind i'm like i know it's going to end badly so why why would i even like go in that's the difference between us your mentality is i know it's going to end badly but it's a possibility and it could be fun in the moment so let me just enjoy it in the moment. My mentality is, I know it's going to end badly. So what is the purpose in even going into this, something like this? And that's, that is where our thoughts. So the whole time that the situation was going on, I was constantly trying to get her to like, get out of it. If I'm being honest, I really was because I was just seeing it head down that road. But her mentality was very much like, it's going to be badly. I'm ar- It's going to end badly. I'm already attached. I might as well just enjoy it while it's happening. Can I talk about a quote that I really like? Yeah. Girl, we are literally almost at an hour. We're on the first word. I know. Um, The line that really got me, there's a lot of lines that got me, but the line that really got me, because I'm this way too, is this line. It says, I reminisce a little too often and dream of how things used to be, who people used to be, who I used to be, which made it makes it harder for me to look forward and find joy in the uncertainty of tomorrow. I read that. And I was if that like, ain't the truth. Dang. because I think that's really all-encompassing it's almost of a like... lot of what happens in the whole book because well the thing is uh, the reason that I love this line is a I relate but b also I feel like this is very all-encompassing of the the rest of the book I feel like a lot of the book talks about these like little moments that you romanticized in this really ginormous way but then at the time you, you thought about the future it, it was always like there, there wasn't a lot of hope in it and it was because as a romantic you have a tendency to romanticize the past so much and yeah. as a dreamer you want so much better than you think you could ever have and so all you have in the past is these romanticized images of what it was and all you have for these the future are these unrealistic dreams that you don't think you're gonna get so you romanticize one and then you don't have hope for the other and it's like this weird little balance of Yep. how it plays out yep. so yeah anyways i just that's probably one of my favorite pieces honestly really that's one of my can't favorites relate. i really really love that one can't really you don't like it i mean it's not one of my you don't, favorites you don't like it no <laughs> i mean I, I like it like i wouldn't have i i like it it's just it's not i've definitely not one of my favorites out of the whole thing the next piece this was the original 16 page piece it's called confession um, it was my fiction story that I had to write. And the premise of the story is it kind of, instead of starting from like the beginning of this plot and going to the end, it's almost as if it's a, it's almost as if it's an excerpt from a full length book um, where it kind of starts in the middle of an event. Um, character Adeline it's it takes place it takes it's an interaction between this character Adeline and this character Wes 
Um, and at the start of the story, she's like running away from him. She's like going up to her room. The idea was that they're at this like this event where like they're like she's she's in love with him, and he's she isn't getting anything from him back. And at this party, he says something that just sets her off, and she is running up to her room and he's like chasing after her and he's like can we please just talk and she's like just go away i like i don't have anything to say to you i just want to go to bed forget about what you said and move on and basically it just like sparks this whole fight almost where they both confess their love for each other but it's just kind of this journey of like them both speaking their mind finally finally saying what they need to say and it ends up happy sort of and I think the motivation for writing it was I think there I think there were a few times over the past year and a half where I was in the situation with this boy and I would tell Persia I would be like Persia it's not that I'm looking for a fight but I'm looking for a time where I can just lay it all out and Persia would be like what you're looking for a fight and I'm like no I'm not looking for a fight I'm just looking for a moment of like intensity. she was looking for a fight I was she was looking for a fight I mean because the thing is is that the reality is that when, when you're in fights you let down your defenses and you're finally honest. And you say what you need to say. And I was just looking for a yeah. time to say what I needed to say. And so I was looking for a moment of intensity. And so this this fiction piece was kind of like the the fantasy in my mind of what I wanted that moment to look like between me and this boy. And I kind of just like put us in these into these two characters. Obviously, in the story, it ends with them being in love with each other. But in my story, this conversation <laughs> is basically what how she wished this conversation would have gone down basically is what it is like this is the conversation that she wished would happen as related into the story of these two characters because by the time in her reality situation you can feel free to correct me but by the time the conversation that needed to happen actually happened it was too late yeah because she was leaving for school so it was like it was almost like in a way like she was writing this alternative version of what they could have been if she'd spoken to her mouth like opened up her mouth and said what she needed to say both earlier and if he reciprocated it to the extent that yeah. she wanted him to yeah yeah and i know like the content of the piece kind of seems like it should go towards the end of the timeline but the reason it's in the beginning is because it gives you a glimpse of it's literally an example of me wishing for a situation which was the whole issue with me and that boy was that I just kept taking small moments we had and blowing them up in my mind to be this whole fantasy thing that happened and so the the story is like an example of a literal like scenario of that happening and so that's why it's at the beginning because it shows you that's who I am it shows you an example of me creating this narrative in my mind that wasn't there from the beginning like her situation was a lot of very unclear messaging and backs and forth, like games, like it was just a lot of not clear communication. And in this story, it's a lot of moments that they both, both characters, like it was a lot of her not knowing how to be able to read what he was giving her. And she finally laid it out on the table like exactly as it was and we come to find out that he felt as strongly as she did and it was just this unclear moment 
And she wouldn't have known if she hadn't opened her mouth, but it almost felt too late because she said it's so late. But yeah. it ended up being, you come to discover that he was feeling like that the entire time. And I feel like the reason that this is so perfect in the beginning is because it kind of shows you that like, this is the conversation that Loka wanted to have since the start. Mm-hmm. It was games and miscommunication from the start. Like, in the beginning of this one-year situation, this is the conversation that she wanted to happen because she wanted there to be this intense moment of fire that forced the reality of what was happening out, but she just could never figure out a way to open up her mouth and say what she wanted to say out of fear that, like, he wouldn't reciprocate and that would be the end of it. Yeah. I think the character Adeline is a mixture of who I am also who I want to be she talks a lot about how she doesn't know how to read signs from him and she doesn't she's unsure of of how he feels and she she's too scared to say it and she keeps her mouth shut and she just watches things happen because she doesn't want to ruin things but also how like she reads into what he does and she's thinking about everything he does so so carefully to where she she wants them to mean a certain thing but she doesn't know if she does so she's not going to ask if they do but then it's so like that's the part of her that is me but the part that I included about the like the, the part of this conversation that would never be me but I wished it was is whenever he's try she's like in the middle of this huge monologue about like I'm frustrated with you because of this and this and this and this and he's kind of trying to interrupt her and like be like well no this is and well but I like all that stuff and she's like not having it she's like no I this is my time to say some stuff and I'm gonna freaking say it whether you want to hear it or not don't interrupt me I'm speaking whereas if that were me and him in that situation I I would start to say my mind maybe and the minute he interrupted me and then she'd call it Mm -hmm. the minute he started explaining himself I'd back off I have quotes for both by the way if that's okay (laughs) yeah the quote that is loca is this <clears throat> i'm so sick of chasing you around and around and waiting for you to decide to finally share the same affections towards me i wait and i wait and i get nothing that seems to be a common theme of my life Wes, you've never even considered the fact that i'm here waiting for you this is the part that isn't but i'm finally over it Wes. i cannot keep wasting my days and my energy loving you and it's not reciprocated i love you i love you so much and i just wish that for once in my lonely life i could win but i can't basically Adeline has guts. Yeah. And Loka. In terms of the first quote you read, wait, can you read it again for me? This goes back to what I was saying. I don't know if it was the last episode or the episode before that. I don't want to have to tell you to say something to me because then it Mm -hmm. feels ingenuine. I don't want to have to say something to prompt you to say something. I want you to realize it on your own because then I know that you're being authentic and genuine and it's how you really feel. But if I have, like, that's the thing. It's like, I'm going to sit here and wait for you because I'm not going to say something because I don't want you to lie to me. I want you to feel it on your own. I don't want to say something to make you feel it. Feel it on your own and then come talk to me. So it's like, I'm going to wait. As tiring as it is, I'm going to wait because I'm, I don't, I'd rather you just not say it than lie to me, you know? And that's why when you were telling me you were debating taking it out, I, I got so upset because it's like, this is so important in that. This is like the dream of what you would have wanted. I don't know. I just really well, love the story. And there's a lot of really good quotes on both ends that I found relating to you a lot. 
The only reason I was considering taking it out is because I just didn't really feel like the rest of the pieces. It's the only fiction piece in the thing because my flash fiction piece that I wrote for my flash fiction module had it was it was like a it was like a weird horror mystery mystery story that literally had nothing to do with anything. So I took it out because it was like it had nothing to do with the situation. It was like the only piece I wrote that had nothing to do with it. And so I was like, it felt weird to have a fiction piece in there because everything else is true. But I ended up keeping it just because, I mean, like I said, it, it just shows you the, an example of me. That, that dream of what could have been is simply the only part of this book that was fantasy. Everything else is you at its rawest and realest. So it's perfect yep. that it's only a fiction piece. So yeah. I love. All right. The next piece is called. Wait, Bur- uh, do you have more to say? I moved us on. Oh. Well, we need okay. to. <laughs> okay. Next piece is called Version of You. Essentially, this is the point of in the timeline where I kind of realize and recognize that the person that I'm I in 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 the piece I actually say I'm in love with the person. I wasn't in love with the person. I wasn't. Um just for the sake of the story I said I was. I I wasn't, but I was in love with this idea of what could have been, what he could have been, who we could have been. Like, I was, I was in love with the idea. So if he's for some reason listening, homie, do not think that I was in love with you because I was not. <laughs> um, Calm down. But yeah, she the whole said, piece. No. Yeah, <laughs> respectfully, no. Um, but the whole piece is kind of just about how he differs from the person that's in my mind that I've made him out to be kind of coming down from confession it's like that's the fantasy that i want this is the piece where i recognize that that is a fantasy the piece talks about the piece that's so artistic why am i calling it that the i called it that like 15 times (laughs) the piece no um (laughs) the whole piece is kind of just like me letting him know like just so you know you kind of have some competition like whether you realize it or not like there's another version of you in my head that I'm always thinking about like and it's bad for both of us like essentially but it's kind of just me talking about how I wish so badly that he was like the person in my mind but he doesn't want to be that person like he never wanted to like even if I would have told him like flat out like hey this is how I wish you were he wouldn't have wanted to be that way because we were looking for different things. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of just like me letting him know that there is a different version of him that is such a better person. Do you? Can I read a section? If that makes any sense. What? The section. Can I read a section? Do you care? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I just don't want to. I just don't. I okay. If we had, like, if this was, like, a 10-hour podcast, I would read all of the things, but I don't want to do that. If it's longer than an hour or whatever. I mean, it's going to be. <laughs> if people want to listen to it, they will. But the section that I really, really, really loved from this was there's this little part, and it said, um, this line got me. It says, I think you'd, you'd be surprised to see yourself in my mind. He differs so much from you, yet does the exact same things you, uh, you do. His intentions are honest and good, and he does things with my best interest in mind. 
The version of you in my mind stays up later than he wants to just to ask me about my day. The boy in my mind ignores me in the hallways because he knows it's in my best interest to take it slow. He tells me he's busy because he knows the importance of his future and the pressure of the expectations to succeed. It brings me sorry to know that I'll never have that version of you, but I'll just be stuck with the physical you who has not announced of care for me. Uh, that part hit me. I really loved what you, like, artistically, I love it in that you took real moments that you struggled with in the way that he treated you, and you explained how it was in reality, and then I loved that you then compared it to how you wanted it to be, and how the version in your head, like, had better intentions for it and the problem wasn't what he was doing but it was his reasoning behind it so artistically that's beautiful but like even from like a raw real aspect of it like it's so difficult to just be honest and say that like I expect more from you than you are and yeah. this is simply just not who you are like it, it takes a level of depth to be able to open your mouth and say like the reason this is not working out is because I want you to be different than you are yeah. so like the fact that you were able to show that I just like I don't know I really love well I don't know I don't know if you caught this but there's I mean obviously there's more than two paragraphs in the piece but two of the paragraphs are direct parallels of each other the sentences in them so in sort of towards the beginning of the thing I say um I'm kind of talking about him so I say uh there are a lot of things you do that I want so badly to make excuses for but I can't I hate the way you stay up later than you want to because you know that's when I get vulnerable but then in the other one that you just read it's the version of you in my mind stays up later than he wants to just ask me about my day going back to the other paragraph I say I hate the way you brush passing in the hallways because you're embarrassed for people to know that you care about someone in the paragraph you read I say the boy in my mind ignores me because it's my best interest blah 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 and then it's I hate the way you tell me you're busy because I'll never come first. And then it's, he tells me he's busy because he knows the importance of his future. So the, those. That's what I was saying, bro. The like The parallels. Like beautiful. It's That's like, what I was saying. Is that like you saying what it is versus how you wanted it to be? Yeah. So and it's kind of showing like, it's not even that the boy in my mind is so different from you. It's his intentions are honest and his intentions are good. He does the same exact things that you do. It's just a difference in why he does them. And the difference in why he does them is because he cares, whereas you don't. And that's and what, the core problem of everything was that yeah. he just simply didn't care in the same way that you did. Yeah. And one line I was really proud of, and I think it's not, it's not even that good. I'm just proud of it. I don't know. He said, um, or I, I said, he didn't say it. I said, um, I hate having to turn to that identical looking boy that exists only in my head that shares your face, but not your heart. I don't know. Just, just some, just some quick thoughts. <laughs> so good. Sorry, I'm listening, but also there's a ladybug on my wall. There's a ladybug on your wall? There's so many in this room. There's so many in this room. Look at where I look. There's ladybugs. Smash like, like if you have ladybugs in your dorm room. As short as this piece is, it's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites too. They, I'm gonna say it's whatever piece my bed. It's it's one of my favorites. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's version of you. Now we're in the middle. Moving on to the next one. We reach the middle chapter. We're in the middle. 
So Ooh, this is when that things was like an hour for the beginning. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> this is when it starts going downhill. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's the middle chapter. And the art for this one is two hands. And one of the hands is holding on to the other one. This is like, I've never had to like explain a drawing. It sounds so stupid. Um, one like hand. If you're listening to this, you've probably seen this image before. It's probably. the image of two hands, like diagonal, diagonally. Two hands and one hand Which is literally right holding on to a single finger of the other while the other one's trying to get away. <laughs> It's like slipping away. The, the other person's slipping away. Slipping through my fingers, falling Okay. Um, Sorry. So, yeah, the middle starts off with a piece called Little Things Like That. This one is actually not this one about. shocked me. This one is not about that boy. Um, it's about shocked a, me. It's about a different boy who was also mentioned on this podcast, by the way. <laughs> was he? Probably. Yes, yes, he was. Yeah, he was. Um him and I. Not even him and I. The issue with all these situations is that it's literally just me. Um it was like this four-year right. long four year <laughs> this four-year long battle of kind of chasing and wanting more from someone um and that situation really screwed me up and it's the reason that i think the way i do prior to that person i didn't that this boy was like the reason for everything and then the boy that the book is mainly about is the result of that um that was deep that was really yeah that was good it's almost it's almost like 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 a writer or something that's almost like i thought about that before i said it it's almost like like you're a writer uh anyways yeah and so i was so shook when i read it because i was just simply not expecting it but like from the title the title's called little things like that i really wasn't expecting it from the title i thought it was going to be this whole little thing of you being like and this is something I like about you. And this is something I like about like that's what like it insinuates. But then when you actually read it, it's like, oh, you're angry is what this is. Yeah. Like. It's so basically the 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 piece is about um this boy who kind of shaped the result of the way that he treated her at times shaped the way that she now reacts and expects and looks for yeah. things in relationships had this boy not been in my life at all i don't think i would be as romanticizing as i am i don't think i would be as overthinking as i am he he changed my like confidence a lot and my self-doubt and he changed he instilled a lot of that in me not intentionally but he did i didn't do that before him i didn't think so much about things i was always like so sure of myself because of him I'm very much the way I am anyway so the 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 piece is about kind of how he ruined a lot of things for me without knowing it um and it's called little things like that and every single paragraph ends with the sentence or the like line little things like that 
but the premise of it is that they're not little things. They're actually really big deals. But it's like, you know, just little things like that, you know, brushing it off as if it doesn't even matter because that's a lot of what the situation was, was brushing this and this and this off because it doesn't matter to him. So why should it matter to me? I don't really, I don't really know how to. Huh? Was oh, the line that got me was well, there was two things. One of them was uh, reminiscing. I realized I had to do that. Uh, realize oh, sorry, reminiscing. I realized I had to do that a lot, making myself believe things are a certain way in hopes of it someday making its way out of my head and into reality. Back to the whole reminiscing concept. I just killed a set lady book. Ah, oh my god. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyways, that like I don't know. It it goes back. This is this is part of the whole premise of of one of the core parts of who of who she is. She mentioned it. You know, it's the idealizer. It's the dreamer. Like, and so and somehow it's it's. I think the core part of romanticizers is sometimes they believe they have a little bit too much of. See, this is the part of Loka that's a little different than most romanticizers. I think there's a part of romanticizers that really believe that if you just dream it enough, you can somehow project that into reality and it's not the case. Loka's kind of the type of person who dreams about things and who wants it to be true, but also just feels like her dreams just are completely unrealistic and out of reach. So she'll live in her fantasies, but then not expect any dream to be possible in yeah. the future. Yeah. So that's 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 where she differs slightly. But I don't know. I really like it's it kind of reflects back to the whole headspace of like just constantly living your entire life in the past but that was one line the other line was but i absolutely hate how whatever was between us has skewed up how i will view and love and companionship with every single person after you and he's the perfect example of it all little things like that i was like oh yeah um so much of that situation could have been solved had I not been such an overthinker and I just, you know, said what I needed to say. But the reason I didn't say what I needed to say was because boy number two is so stupid and made me that way. So yeah, the first paragraph's like, I wouldn't be an overthinker if you didn't exist. Haha. Little things like that. Paragraph number two is about kind of how I was so entranced by him that I would go out of my way to make myself useful in his life. Like, I like I don't I don't really know any specific examples, but like, just making it a point to be around him, be near him, be somehow really tied into his life, um, which plays into me being a clinger. Little things like that. The next one's kind of about how um, I quickly learned that I take notice in little things and I see importance in the little things like he would always make me he always made me feel acknowledged he always noticed when I was kind of falling behind in a conversation and he made it a point to pick me back up he always stuck up for me like in the littlest ways and I kind of latched onto those little things and that's something I never really noticed until him it was like little things like that um and it just keeps going with like situations that are kind of a big deal, but kind of like minimalizing them into like, you know, just little things like that, that messed up everything. And then like Persia was saying, the last paragraph is, you know, boy number one is a perfect example of all that, about how that has made, how it has directly screwed up and a perfect example of how that situation with boy number two 
screwed up things is how the situation with boy number one ended if that makes any sense at all it It does i think the biggest thing is that like i think that when you are an overthinker um or i think that when you're very relationship oriented in a friendship or a relationship i think that every person that comes into your life changes you in some way shape or form you know when you when you run on relationships they do have an impact about the way that you act towards the next person in a relationship and I think that what's beautiful about this is that it's like it's so eye-opening in helping people understand that you are you are marked by this first person Mm -hmm. and it affected the way that you went into the situation with the next person and if you if like you hadn't been marked by that first person in that first way, you would have been able to say what you needed to say in the second situation and it would have turned out differently. You know, like if you had felt heard any of the times that you tried to speak up in this first situation, then you wouldn't be so scared about saying what you needed to say in the second one early enough to actually potentially have something real. The only reason you ended up saying anything you wanted to say anyway was because you didn't want to leave not having said what you needed to say but it wasn't for the purpose of trying to fix anything it was just getting it off your chest yeah you know like I think that if you hadn't been scarred in that first way in feeling unvalidated and unheard in your opinions or in your how you should be treated then you wouldn't have been so scared to speak up about what was going on in the second one so it kind of shows you that like you like people rub off on people and this guy is not a bad guy they're actually friends now the first person and they're like actually good friends yeah but it's like like, someone doesn't have to be a bad person but like if there is a relationship that isn't healthy at a certain time the impact of that still hurts the intentions can be good but the impact can still hurt or it's like you can do the right things but your intentions can be screwy like both needs to be there you know it needs to be healthy and your intentions need to be good I think is yeah. is really interesting that like little things like that followed version of you because version of you talks all about how this guy did all of these right things but his intentions were off so they didn't matter but little things like that showed that like he had good intentions but like everything that he did was so dumb that it was just like it impacted her to not be able to now go into the situation fully herself so it almost shows that you really need both yeah well and when I wrote this I was like kind of debating about the title after making it because I was like well this piece kind of makes it seem like I was made by this boy not the other one but the reason I kind of kept it the way it is is because yes the situation with boy number two the one that this is about Yes, that did make me the way I am, but like Persia said, his intentions were good. He never deliberately meant to like make me feel like crap. The 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 person that this story is talking about, little things like that. It was a lot of Loka noticing these tiny little details of him treating her well and turning that into this big escalated thing. Yeah. Like into much bigger things than it was to the point that when there were actual problems in the way that he treated her she overlooked it because she saw these tiny little things and escalated it and made it this big old thing and that's essentially how we get to the whole like 
taking these little pieces of good and using it to justify the bad. That's how we get into that mentality, which leads and carries over into the second boy. The reason that the book focuses on her being made by him and not this first guy is because the way that he continually treated her and the way that she wasn't able to speak up about it changed her. Yeah. And that was how it was. Like the 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 way that the situation with the first boy went down, it influenced the way that she reacts to the second one, but the second one actually like impacted the core of who she is and how any potential relationship she will ever go to in the future, it carries on to the next then too. Yeah. See Does that make sense? Is that what you it, is that what you're it, trying it to does, say? That's exactly what I was I was about to say. That's why part of the reason I appreciate Persia is because when I'm saying something that makes absolutely zero sense, she <laughs> finds a way to make it make sense to other people. Because literally what I was saying, I, I'm going to cut most of it out because it just made absolutely zero sense. <clears throat> it's, okay. Yeah. it's okay. I was following you. I was following you. Um, we're also trying to not like name drop so it's hard to talk it's hard to talk about it without name dropping this guy's intentions were so good and he's such a good person and it was never rooted in the fact that he wasn't a bad person it was just he was bad for me in that time and I was bad for him in that time not everything is because people are bad people yeah I think that when two people are immature and they're both going through hard seasons in their life they could be and this is, I fully believe this. I believe that somebody can be toxic for someone, but not be a toxic person. 100%. Like, if Loka's going through something and the way that she treats me is bad, then she's toxic for me. But that doesn't mean that she, as a person, is toxic. And I think that's essentially this boy. It's that he wasn't a toxic guy. It's just the way that he treated her at that time was toxic for her. And they were toxic if they would have become more than they were, it would have been toxic in that situation because in the moment they weren't right for each other. So it, it is kind of a sad thing that now that he has finally grown up and grown out of it, she's moved past it, RIP. But like, yeah. I think that's just the core of it is that someone cannot be a toxic person, but be toxic for someone at the time. And it not work out solely because of that. Two people can just not be ready for each other. And that's just it. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Next piece is called We ceiling. really have to talk less. We really do because this is – y'all, this is such a long episode. Um, I'm so sorry. This I'm sorry, piece, but I'm not. Oops. Yeah, it's like whatever. If you want to listen, you'll listen. Yeah. If you don't want to listen, just like don't. We all <laughs> yeah. Um, this one's going to have like the least analytics. <laughs> like the least viewed, <laughs> the least listened to. Um, so yeah, this one's called Ceilings. And – this was my oh I meant to be saying like what kind of piece they were like what what assignment it was that I wrote it for whatever um this piece was my micro memoir and we had a bunch of different prompts to choose from like we could we could write whatever we wanted essentially but it was kind of like a if you're struggling to write here are some prompts and one of the prompts was find a song that you relate to and talk about it and that's literally the sole purpose of my life <laughs> like that's all I do is talk about how the music that I that's listen to all she is and all she does literally <laughs> and so that's what I did I chose that one 
Um, and I wrote it about the song Ceilings by Lizzie McAlpine. Um, Guys, this song is so good. Please like, listen to it. TikTok has gotten a hold of it. And really? it makes me kind really? of mad. Yeah. I start off the piece by saying, you know, music shapes me, whatever. Uh, music is the core of me. And the reason it describes how I feel and what I think and what I wish I could say, blah, 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 blah. And then I kind of start going lyric by lyric and relating it back to the situation with boy, with the boy. Um, and if you don't know the song, look it up. <laughs> but it's basically just kind of about this girl and she's she's kind of starting this thing out with this guy and things are going really well. And she kind of talks about how like she's just she's getting ahead of herself. She's like she can see that she's getting ahead of herself and she's imagining it and imagining it, imagining it, but it feels so real and all this stuff. And then at the very end of the song, she's like, but it's not real and you don't exist, which is quite literally my entire life. There's a quote that she writes in it and it says, um, she talks about the line lovely to sit between comforting chaos. She says, it's such an incredible way to describe how I resort to just being happy with being in the middle of being content with what I have and wishing what I wanted was real. I know that what I have is what I get. So I find a way to just settle and be okay with it. As much as I shouldn't dive so deep inside and romanticize things, I also shouldn't settle for less than what I deserve and what I expect, but I do anyways. And that's what we were talking about the core of like where the problem lies is that Loka's just so willing to like deal with whatever pain that she has because she knows that she's strong enough to deal with it and she is, but that doesn't mean that she should put herself through it just to put herself through it, personal opinion. Um, semi-biased but whatever it's kind of the idea settled settled like whatever it's kind (laughs) of the idea that like she's so willing in the moment to just deal with what she has because at least she has something and like it's not gonna be what she wants but she it's again the idea that like her dreams are so unrealistic that she wouldn't get what she wanted anyway so she might as well be happy and live in the moment while she has it and that's kind of the idea behind the song is at the end of the day it's a girl that's staring at her ceiling and dreaming and overthinking about a situation like of what could be and what could be beautiful in it but at the end of the day none of it is real and that's just kind of tying back to that so it was just it a perfect a- pick and i am obsessed with the song it's so good and the lyrics are so good but this yeah i love it was this was one of the last pieces i wrote for the class and i wrote it and then the very next week was the 10 minute play week and I mean, when we get there, I'll talk more about it. But I literally wrote the play about another Lizzie McAlpine song, like we not even, not even intentionally. So we just do not even intentionally. It just happened, and so it's kind of embarrassing that, that Lizzie is so good at songwriting and painting these verbal pictures that it just it really fits what you were trying to go with anyway. So it is what it is. Yeah, no regrets. This is your book, so but I don't really. Lizzie's gonna be in it. Exactly. I don't really have much to say about it because yeah. the the piece in itself is an analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was gonna read my poems. Do you think it'll be too long? If I read Um, them? is I'm sorry, and then which one? Read it. Screw it, whatever. <clears throat> so one of the weeks we had a poem week where we had to write a bunch of poems. We had to write at least three poems. And so I wrote my three and I included two of them, cut one of them, 
And then I added in an additional poem because we actually were, I emailed her because I, there was so much more I knew going into making the chapbook when it came time in class for us to kind of sit down and with our pieces and form the chapbook. I knew what I wanted the theme of the chapbook to be. And I knew that I wanted to tell the story of Means Boy, but I didn't have all the puzzle pieces to do that. And so I, I emailed her and I was like, Hey, are we, is there any chance we're allowed to like write additional pieces for it? I was like, I have a specific thing in mind that I want to talk about, but I think I need more pieces to explain, to fill in the gaps in the timeline. And she told me that I could, and that I was welcome to write additional things as long as they were some sort of, it had to relate, like it had to be one of the genres we had learned how to write, if that makes sense. It's like, it had to be fiction or a micro, it had to be something along those lines. Um, yeah. And so I ended up writing, I think the only thing I ended up writing for it was an additional poem and the last piece. I'm pretty sure it's all I ended up adding in. Um, yeah. Anyway, this is one of the original poems I wrote and I'm going to read my poems because I'm just going to, and you can deal with it. And if Persia thinks it's a bad idea, I won't do it, but she's giving me the, she's giving me the green light and I think she's on mute and she doesn't know that she's on mute. These aren't crazy long. None of them are. Yeah. The next piece is a poem, like I said, and it's called, I'm sorry. And I'm going to read it for you. The only pieces I'm going to read are the poems because the other pieces are just too long. Um, okay, I'm like embarrassed. Why am I embarrassed? Okay, guys, don't laugh. Oh, don't you dare me. Huh? I'll read them. I'll read them. You're too embarrassed. I'll read it. I'll read it all out. I'll shout it through the world. Okay, so the poem is called I'm Sorry. If my full attention in the most distracting of times, or my sunny smile on the cloudiest of days, or my willingness to help at the drop of a hat, or my care for the smallest of your wounds, if it's all obsessive, then I'm sorry. If being the anchor that holds you down, or the legs that need, or the legs you need to keep running, or the person to hold you accountable, or the only one to tell you that you're loved, if it's all immature, then I'm sorry. If giving you an umbrella during the wettest storm, or the brightest stars from the sky in a pitch black, or my hand to hold when you needed it the most, or the last minute I had to spare as time ticks away, if it all means nothing, then I'm sorry. If loving you till I couldn't breathe is obsessive, I'm sorry. If being the one you needed is immature, I'm sorry. If giving you everything I had means nothing, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you'll never see all I did for you, all I was for you, all I gave for you. But what I'm not sorry for is the fact that you'll never find anything better. And that's that. So good. Oh my gosh. So um, good. The, the whole point is, is that like, girl, the entire poem is you apologizing for you being the most perfect person in the entire world. This is the problem with being an all-in person is that it's like, you have to get what you get with me. I can't I can't be anywhere, anywhere else. I'm going to yeah. be all in with you. And if it's too much, then like, sorry, I'm but... sorry, but this is just how I am. Like yeah. the last two paragraphs were really everything. Like the idea of being obsessive and giving like it my all. But at the end of the day, like you are not going to find someone that's going to care for you the way that I do. 
And if this, if you can't handle it, this is your loss. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. Um, it would have been anything. Yeah. Literally. Um, so I think well, he's regretting it now. The poems, I kind of want to talk about technically because there are like a lot of components like that I don't necessarily think you would realize unless you read it. Um, and so I'm kind of going to like explain this might be dumb. And I'm not trying to like make it sound like I'm like the most creative person in the world. Like, oh my God, I'm such a, Bro, you know, no, writing genius. Please explain your genius. You are a writing genius. Explain I'm that. not though. But, um, Essentially, the first stanza is talking about the things I did for him. You know, I I made sure I was at my full attention for him. Even when I had so many other things going on that I could have been focusing on, that I should have been focusing on, I wasn't. Um, you know, I, I made sure that I was the happy aspect for him to come to whenever he was just in a bad mood. Made sure I was always there to help, like stuff like that. I was always making sure that I was there and doing what I needed to do. Um, the second stanza is the things I was for him. Like I was your anchor. I was the legs you needed. And I was all this stuff, whether you realized or you didn't, I was. And then the third stanza stanza is all the stuff I gave for him. Like, again, whether he realized or not, I gave him a lot. Like I gave him my time I gave him my attention I gave him all this stuff and so then the fourth stanza or the fifth stanza I kind of tied it all back in with the line I'm sorry you'll never see all I did for you I was for you I gave for you and that's kind of just like a it's like a summary of the whole thing and I don't really know if that got across in speaking but it was it was what I was trying to do (laughs) this whole book is me trying to do things and seeing if they work (laughs) essentially no it's beautiful I think that if I had broken this down as much as it should have been I would have caught it I didn't catch it on first read but so I'm glad that you explained it yeah because that is perfect it's the idea of yeah what I was scared of him thinking had I opened my mouth there were a number of times where I wanted so badly to say something but I was like if I say this it's going to come off like I'm attached I'm obsessive I'm being immature and I'm being a child and I'm it's like I was scared to say stuff because I didn't want to come across as the girl who got attached. But like, yeah. I can't help that I am. And if you think that I'm being obsessive, and if you think I'm being immature, and if you and if everything that I'm doing, if it all means nothing, I'm then I'm sorry. But like, that's just who I am. Take it or leave it. Peace. Like, and I think that's where at the end of the day, it's like if you are an all-in person, it takes a lot of fight to come to this. But it is better for you to be alone and be actively trying to grow new potential things than to sit in something with someone you're all in with, but constantly overthinking, constantly stressing. And not because you're anxious, but because they're giving you reasons to believe that you don't have the freedom to say what you need to say. You know, like, it's it's better to be alone in that because this is just rough like it is incredibly rough to be in a situation where you are so so all into someone who genuinely does not know you in any facet of any type of way because you aren't able to open your mouth and express what you need to express 
anyway I love it it's a really good piece yeah not my favorite not one of my favorites out of I would say that's probably my least favorite just not my it's favorite. not my least favorite it's not my least favorite but it's not my it's not my least favorite but it's not my favorite yeah it's definitely my I love favorite. it it's beautifully written it's beautifully written I love it but it's not my favorite yeah all right now we're at the yeah, end yeah. we're <laughs> we're in the last chapter guys we're on the home stretch and the cover or the art for the end is just a single hand by itself so the next piece in the book is my 10 minute play that we had to write going into this assignment I was so nervous I was like I don't know if I can write a play like because it's always been something that I've always talked about wanting to do is like writing plays and writing musicals and all that stuff but I was like I don't really know if I can do it I'm not like I said fiction is not my strong suit like coming up with concepts and ideas and storylines not not my thing not my strong suit so when it caught I was like this was the very last unit we had was our 10 minute play unit and I was like the entire semester like I'm gonna suck at it it's gonna suck it's gonna be so bad I don't know what I'm gonna do and so when it got time for us to write I was like what am I gonna write about I have no clue what I'm gonna write about and then I kind of sat down put on some music and just started writing and it ended up being a play based around the Lizzie McAlpine song Headstones and Landmines essentially it's kind of the story of this girl just kind of wanting to be in silence she just went through a breakup and she wants so badly for the world around her to just like stop and so she can just be alone and be surrounded by the things that are familiar to her and the things that remind her of him but she has her friends over and her friends are like talking to her and like trying to liven her up they're trying to see how she's feeling make her feel better and it's just not working and so after like a few minutes of them like trying to cheer her up she's like guys I gotta go for a second she's like I gotta dip um and she goes into this office and she kind of just like sits in silence and then this like figure of him shows up in the office and the idea is that he's not actually there she's imagining him he's not actually in the room with her but she's kind of again that false reality that she's making in her head is that he's still there and she's she finds comfort in him and throughout the whole play there are aspects that relate back to the song so throughout the whole thing if this were to be performed there would be an accompaniment what the how do you say accompaniment 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 right <laughs> accompaniment right yeah accompaniment. whatever you know anyway there, there would be a, there would be an accompaniment <laughs> just keep going please there would be like strings playing in the background and they would be playing the instrumental of the song and throughout the yeah. whole song it literally is just like naming different objects like it she's is like insanely beautiful so good song. she's like oak trees and dirt piles anyway like all these like just like random objects and so what I did is I took all those objects and found them found a way for them to relate back to maybe this relationship with this person and so like one of the lyrics in the song is like I just said oak trees and dirt piles and so in the thing like one of the girls asks like this candle smells good what is it and the main character is like it's oak 
it's like his cologne he used to wear and then there's like they, there's like dirt piles on the floor from where like things got messed up when they had their final argument and he stormed out like this plant that she had got knocked over and now there's dirt piles all over the floor and her friends are like you should probably clean that up and she's like well no it 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 being there is like a reminder that at one time he was in this room um one of my favorite la- lyrics in that song is um the books don't say sorry they don't crowd and touch they're just observers collecting their dust and so the way I, I incorporated that was she like walks into the office like I said and there's just books all along the walls and she just kind of sits with them like she always does because they're silent it's quiet they they don't try to make her feel good about herself they don't try to you know apologize for the situation they kind of just sit there because they're inanimate objects but it's comforting to know that you're around a bunch of things that can't try to make you feel better like at the end of the day people can try their best to make you feel better but in my personal experience that doesn't really help me it's just kind of something that I have to get over on my own and one of the main things I can that helps me get over things is by being alone and taking the time to think about it by myself without this constant like validation from other people um because at the end of the day you can say what you want but how I feel is how I feel and that's not going to change until I kind of my way of coping is being by myself and so she's kind of like these books aren't going to say anything to me so I'd rather be around them than be around these people who are you know you look sad. You seem sad. Are you okay? Like, what can I do to make you feel better? The answer is nothing. Literally, the answer is nothing. And that was like exactly what I wrote. And I, in like that little commentary document that I did, whatever. Uh, one of the things that I said is um, pretty words and well intentioned encouragement isn't enough. Sometimes you're just not okay and you don't know that you can be. People, this is one of the ways that we that we are very similar in that like people can mean really, really well, but sometimes like, I just don't wanna be encouraged. I don't wanna be told that it's all gonna be okay. I don't wanna be told that that, like, I don't wanna wanna be comforted. I don't wanna be pitied. When sometimes if I'm not okay and I see people trying to comfort me, I now feel responsible for, for making sure that you don't worry about me or that you're not concerned about me because I don't want to be pitied. So I, in turn, now, instead of being able to just simply process the way I'm feeling and feel what I feel, I now feel the need to put on a show and make it seem like I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to pull through it. I have to play into this little thing of you trying to cheer me up and yeah, maybe it's working now. Maybe I'm being receptive. Yeah. Maybe things will get better and like play this hopeful role. Yeah. When sometimes it's just like things sometimes just aren't okay. And it's okay to need to feel that it's okay to need to process that. And as and it's a hard balance because it's like, you know, these people love you. And you know that everything they're saying and doing is solely out of trying to help you. But sometimes you just need to be let be. You need to be told that the yeah. way you're feeling in and in and as you feel is valid, is valid, yeah. is validated. You are allowed to just not be okay sometimes. 
some, sometimes the best thing that my friends can do for me are to just sit there and let me feel how I feel and not try to make it all okay. Because sometimes it's not, it's not okay. And sometimes there are things that just I have to deal with and I have to process through on my own and it won't be okay until I'm able to do that for myself. So it's like, as, as brutal as that sounds, it's how it is for me. And I think that's how it is for Loka. And, and one of the, one of the things with this whole situation is that she had so many people flooding her around her, telling her like, it's, it's going to be okay. And it's like, it's, it's going to be okay. You just have to do this and this will get better. And you just have to do this and this this will be fixed and all this stuff. Like, it's okay. Like he definitely probably feels like this about you or this or this or whatever. Like there were a lot of people that were telling her these pretty words. Feeling the fire. But it's like sometimes, sometimes things just aren't okay. And that's okay. Sometimes just being there and just letting someone feel how they feel is everything. And that's all it needs yeah. to be. And what, what I think is ironic about this piece is that I wrote it. Like looking back on it, it seems so overdramatic to be like, when I wrote it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is exactly how I feel. Like, this is a di- direct, like, replicate of, like, what's happening in my life. But now, being in the situation I am, a lot has changed. Or not a lot, but things have changed since I wrote that. And I feel it even harder now because for co- a little bit of story time, um, when I went home for Thanksgiving break last week, two weeks ago, that every week. Me and the boy re- reconnected, kind of, and through that, it did not end very well, and things kind of officially ended for good, like, for good, for good. Things are over. They're done. And this kind of all went down when I was with one of my friends, and we were in the car, and we were literally, like, having a good time, and I, like, shut down for a second. And Tara was like, like, what happened to you? And I was like, I showed her my phone with the the giveaway that like things were over over. And like literally no words were exchanged. She just grabbed my hand and we just kept driving. I was like, okay, great. This is good. And then the next day I had an 11 hour drive to myself. No words. Just me in the car by myself. Silence. Well, I mean music, but like nobody around me being like are you okay I feel, I feel, I feel. because to me it's like just that time by myself with nobody talking is really good for me and then like coming here back to school where like I'm around no one that knows at least about what happened no one here is going to be like so how are you in blah 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 like anyway like stuff like that and just like Persia giving me the time to process was healthy just the silence has been nice asking somebody if they're okay it's good like you 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 should do that you should check in on your friends but it's like sometimes people just need silence I think part of it is also like we were talking earlier about how knowing yourself is powerful a while back I came to real come I came to the realization that me and Loka were the same in this way we both talked about how sometimes we just needed to be we just needed to be it, it is powerful to know that about yourself because then you're able to find people who respect it yeah set that precedent set that boundary for yourself and then surround yourself with people who are going to be there for you in the way that you best need it so yeah 
That's that. The next two are poems. Do you want to read it? Do you want to read it? I can. I feel like you should. Read oh, I do. I think this is a lot. This this one's a lot of me talking, which is like so disgusting. So I think you should talk. <laughs> I'd rather every other episode is a lot more of me talking than you. So it's okay. Um, Prish is going to read this one. Okay, I was good to you. I was good to you all of the time from the mornings we woke with sleep in our eyes to the night when we slept with the other on opposite sides. I was good to you. I said my piece and hoped you changed from the broken glass and the insults that hit with a bang to the love notes I wrote and the songs that I sang. I said my piece. I did my part and it drove me mad from cleaning up the mess when things went bad to trying to be enough and loving you with all I had. I did my part. I hope you know I tried from the very center of my heart where my love for you lied to the bottom of my stomach where my anger for you I'd hide. I hope you know I was good. I was good to you. I said my piece. I did my part, and by God, I hope you know that I was good to you. I'm so glad it got read. It's so good. Yeah, it's just like rhyming poems kind of make me cringe. <laughs> like poems that rhyme, they kind of make me like want to shrivel up. But I'm I'm noticing now. This isn't something I've really noticed. <laughs> But I did the same exact thing in this poem that I did in I'm Sorry, where in the very last stanza, I literally take one thing from every stanza. You did, you did. Yeah. yeah, you did. <laughs> At least she's consistent. She's consistent. Um, yeah. In a good way. I like it. I love, because I love a full circle moment. And I think you do too. And that's how you unintentionally You love a full in. circle moment. I love a good callback. Yeah. We, we love um, a good callback. But yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of like, it's just kind of saying like, if you took anything away, I, as much as you, as much as what we wanted didn't align, I was good to you. No matter how it ended, I was good to you. I don't know. So. I think the reason that this one made me proud is because for a while there was a good period of time where you were constantly obsessing about how the smallest changes in the way that you would act would have changed the situation would have changed this maybe he would have reacted like this maybe it would have ended up like this maybe this would have changed and he would have changed and said this and this and this this feels like you finally acknowledging that at the end of the day you on your end gave it your all treated him with so much love you were good and it just wasn't it just wasn't what it needed to be and that was it yeah every everything on your end you did the absolute best that you possibly could have for the place that you were in and that was it and it wasn't even just your best it was good you were good so it almost feels like you finally accepting that like although yes you could have spoken up at the end of the day, you did the best for where you were at. And that's simply all it was. It was just two people in weird stages of their life, not able to communicate well. And it ended up not working out the way that you wanted it to. And that was all it was. Yep. What a downer. Um, <laughs> um, to the next I'm piece. sorry. I'm so sorry. No, I'm so sorry. I keep psychoanalyzing you. That's my bad. No, no, I, do, I literally do not care. I appreciate it. This next one is called Every Word is About You. 
And this is the second to last piece. You're going to cry by the end of this episode, aren't you? Maybe. Who knows? Um, <laughs> this one, it might be my favorite. I think um, it's mine too. Um, it's the second, it's, it's the, I mean, it is the second to last thing in the book, but it's also the second to last thing I wrote. And it's kind of when the chapbook started coming together, I kind of started to doubt like, like, wow, this is crazy. Like I just wrote this whole thing about this one person. Like, why did I do that? Like, that's so weird for this whole relationship to be based off of nothing for to have been a whole year of nothing, but this whole thing to be about you, it, seemed very obsessive and it seemed very immature to me um but at the end of the day like I tried to write about other things like I really did and I just couldn't um and so this poem is kind of about that uh and how it's just like a constant thing in my head there's one there's one word in here that I changed that Persia 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 hasn't heard yet because she has the old version of this and I don't know if she'll catch it but I think she'll be happy with the change. Um, so yeah, every word is about you. One year and a half ago, I'd sit inside my hometown room, writing silly little songs, and every word was about you. I'd imagine a small little world where you and I existed as more than just text at night and secret meetups and kisses. You were always my inspiration for everything I wrote and made, and I'd show my friends my poems, and they'd sigh when they saw your name. I said it... <laughs> You got it. It, <laughs> yeah, got it. it used to say they'd smile when they saw your name. Figured I, I certainly did not. The first time I read it, I was like, girl, who? <laughs> <laughs> Figured I should change it to Chloe, besides <laughs> her, not, not anyone else. <sighs> okay, back in. I shed a tear as I felt you slip away and I saw the distance grow as I drove away from the ghost of us that danced up and down the road. Even now, without you here, I find you in everything I do. I somehow find a way to see your eyes in habits old and in people new. I weep with every word I write, although my eyes are completely numb and dry. I'm not sure if I'll ever stop using you for my writings as a reason why. And today, all this time later, in my solitary dorm room, I sing new notes and write new lyrics, but every word is still about you. So yeah, that's that poem. Um, I don't know. I'm just really, pr- I'm really proud of it because it's, so true i think that a lot of the time i feel very redundant and i feel like even even like doing this episode i was so reluctant because i just feel like this situation as private of a person as i can be this situation is something that i talk about quite a lot and I think a lot of people are sick of hearing about it. Like, I think, pe- I don't know. I just feel like I talk about it way too much. And, but at the end of the day, it's like, as sad as it is, I don't really have anything else to talk about. Like, especially now over the past few weeks, which is what, like, I literally wrote this a week ago, maybe. Um, It's like, I just I can't stop thinking about it. It's and talking about it. It's all I it's all I care about right now. Like and that's just how it is. And so no matter if people no matter if I vocalize it or people listen, like it's what's on my mind and I can't change that. And so I don't know. I think that 
I think it's just kind of the frustration of I hate how much I'm caught up on it and I hate how it's affecting quite literally everything in my life so yeah when you are an on person I keep saying this I, I say this every single time but it like that is just the core part about this is the fact that she was all in and he was not I I, I think that when you are an all-in person one the person that you're all in for becomes everything and that's the worst part about it is because like the way that they think about you the way that they perceive you the way that the way that you come off to them every little interaction every moment like every the smallest compliment like the smallest thing it matters because it's something it's something that's more than nothing and I think that like it's so easy to like hear something that like it wasn't even like they weren't even dating and to say something like that and just just dismiss it but this was someone who held a year of her life and it, it and like at the end of the day like when you are all in for someone who is not all in for you there's a piece of you that belongs to them whether you like it or not yeah and it's painful and you have to be allowed to process and feel that the way that you need to and for her it's music if music is the one place that she is able to be honest if writing is the one place where she is able to say what she needs to say then any person in her life that claims that they care, care about her should be able to sit on the other end of the FaceTime call, should be able to listen to another song, should be able to read another poem and truly see her and truly care about her and truly see that that's okay. And that's all there is to it. At the end of the day, like, as much as it sucks to watch your friends struggle with the same stuff, if you care, you're going to listen. When it can get kind of annoying. I think my fear comes out of the fear of people being annoyed. I think if someone because really I think it's totally you, then I your think pain's it's, not going to be annoying to them. I think it's totally justifiable, though. I don't think so. How would you feel if I said that to you? If I said that me talking about someone that hurt me to you constantly was annoying? I think it would be annoying if it became all-consuming in our friendship. If our friendship became about this scenario and you weren't there for me, if it became a one-sided situation, which we were constantly talking and obsessing over this one scenario and that was the entire part of our friendship. That's where it would get annoying. But you being in pain over something and needing to talk about it or needing to be allowed to feel what you feel or needing to discuss it or break it down, if I care about you, I'm going to give you the space to do that. I've been frustrated when you don't do what I tell you to do and it ends up bad. <laughs> I have never once been frustrated by you talking to me about it because I love you. And if you're hurting, I want to be there for you. As whatever it is to hear about all of it, I know that in your mind, it is times 20 accelerated in your head. Every, like this is all consuming. And that's all there is. And it goes back to the whole caring thing. If you find people that care, they'll do it. Find people who care. Teacher um, moment. We really should do it. <laughs> we're gonna make merch (laughs) um this is the last piece we made it if you made it 
to this. Congrats. And this piece is not only the last piece in the whole book, but it's the last piece I wrote. And I wrote it the night that I sent this to Persia and Rachel. Not even a week ago. It was yesterday. You sent it to me yesterday. No way. Okay, well, then I wrote it. You sent it to me yesterday. Oh, well, not today. It's 2 a.m. right now. You sent it to me Wednesday. Okay, well, then I wrote this. I wrote this Tuesday night then because I wrote it at night. Um, so yeah, literally I wrote this three days ago. <laughs> it's called Who Am I? And I titled it that because I wanted the book to kind of start with a piece called Who I Am and end with a piece called Who Am I? And then this one's Who Am I? I'm not going to read it because it's long, but it's kind of just, it's kind of just like, me being like okay well after all of this like who am I I don't recognize myself I used to be so different and now that I'm not that way I don't know who I am and I've changed a lot like in the third paragraph I kind of talk about like now I'm so fragile and I'm so easily hurt by words and I'm so sensitive which I just used to not be that just used to not be me and I think now I'm still I'm I don't really I don't let it show as much but like I used to not be so hyper focused on what people thought about me but now I am and basically it's like I'm a product of my past and that past happens to be the past year with you and I was made by you the line that like little section that really gets me is in this one is i used to only dream of romance and true love i used to imagine there was a world where a boy would love me wholeheartedly and without any doubt he would bring the support and uplift me to be a rose with no thorns a rarity a special one made only for me i used to only dream of it after you i'm stuck instead of dreaming creating a reality with you someone who wants nothing to do with me Instead of dreaming, I would shift the words you actually spoke and make them into something with meaning and a feeling. Instead of dreaming, I would force myself to believe that you meant better, that you were trying, that you would someday realize that you were hurting me and you would love me. Instead of dreaming, I make myself think I'm in love with you and not just a version of you. It's that funny that that's your sums it up. I think that's funny that that's your favorite section out of it. Because my favorite section section is the that's next not my... one. Oh, it's not your favorite. My, that's not my favorite. No. Oh. My favorite is the next one. But oh, the, the next that one got me. That one got me because it it is it really is like a very full section picture of all of it. I feel like yeah, that pretty much summed it up. Yeah, I mean, I was hesitant to use the word love in these things because, like I said, I did not love him. I was not in love with him. She's a writer. She got to do what she got to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's still it's still true and authentic i think it, there, imagine if it would have said i make myself think i like you and not just some bird like like is such a weird word so yeah i i did not if, again if he's not listening but if he were to be i did not love was not in love with you um yeah i don't know th- this whole piece it's a tie between this one and the last one for being my favorite just because I feel like they're the most accurate and real. 
I think I think the last one was probably my favorite, but I do love this piece. I just thought it was the perfect ending. Like I'm a full circle kind of a gal. What I love about it is you almost hit every single section that you talked about in your initial who I am piece throughout the whole book. You know, you talk about music, you have songs incorporated in plays and songs that are broken down to meet how you feel, you know, like you talk about you being a thinker, you talk about you being a dreamer, you talk about you romanticizing, like you talk about every single part of what makes you you and you basically end it all by saying, yeah, I have zero idea who I am anymore because these things that used to be so sure, like are simply not. Yeah. And that's the course of it. Like, I'm glad that you don't end with a happy ending because the reality is, is that sometimes you just, sometimes you you just have to move on and that's all it is. And it, it doesn't always end peacefully and happy. And it doesn't, not every person shapes you into a, into a way that's better, as sad as it is, it's true. So I don't know. I just thought this, the whole book was just very real and raw and like, accurate and artistic and like it was a beautiful everything tied in together beautifully and it it I don't know I'm able to see more of you in your writing Mm -hmm. and seeing that always makes me happy seeing you be so like authentic and raw it just I don't know it makes me proud stop (laughs) okay I'm done I'm gonna I'm going to read the end because I feel like it's a good summary. Okay. It's been a year. I still don't know who I am. And at this point, I don't really know if I'll ever fully know who I am on my own, who I am without you. I guess if you really want to know who I am, what kind of book I am, you'd have to ask the author. It's hard to explain something to someone that you had no part in the process of creating. So the next time that someone wants to get to know me, If someone ever wants to, I'll make sure they come straight to you because at the end of the day, that's what I am. I was made by you. And that is just, that's, that's the end of it. So good. So good. So good. I'm glad we talked about it. I am too. I mean, I feel, I I feel like nothing I said made sense, but especially because, I mean, it makes sense to us because we've read it, but, um, I yeah. think it I, I think it makes more sense than you think it does. I hope I helped clarify some of your You did thoughts. You did. I'm proud of it, which is new. But we'll see. I have to present it in class on Monday. Anyway, sorry to wrap this up a little awkwardly, but this is a very long episode. So it really we're is. just gonna end with our songs of the week and then let you guys go. It's okay because I feel like it was good. I still wanted to talk to you about it and i'm glad that we got to if you did read we love you you're iconic thank you yeah much love um what's your song of the week my song of the week is a song called no witnesses by keaton henson such a good song such a good song i can't even express how good of a song it is i've never heard it but i've played it i've played it for you before (laughs) I can actually remember the exact yeah. moment I played it for you. I played it. We were driving. I and can. Yeah. I, I can. It was when we were on the way to, um, to, um, where, 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 when we went to Raleigh. Sorry. I was like, I was like, we went to state. Where's state? It was when we were on our trip to Raleigh. We were getting onto 485 and we were on the curb to get onto 45. And 
you were asking me about my favorite songs. I said, this is one of my favorite songs of all time. And I played it. I remember that exact moment. Get on my level. Anyway, what's your song of the week? You're crazy. You know that? Um, my song of the week is probably Angela by the Lumineers. That's a good one. It's on repeat this week. It's definitely been on repeat. The issue with that song is that I overplayed it for myself. No, I didn't. So now I'm like. I I didn't. I overplayed Ophelia. I didn't overplay this one. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like Ophelia was overplayed by everybody. But I love that song. I still love that song. I just, Angela is so good. I, I found myself, like, I, I really want to go home. <laughs> so, Say but, like, Angela, Angela is about wanting to to leave home. <laughs> so I was like, oh. To start anew. Oh, start anew. I was like, wow, I did that. Definitely yeah, did that, so. and it kind of fits because you're kind of starting to feel at home a little bit. You found friends, found yeah. Life there, home at last. Home at last. All right. Well, what, a, what, a really, what a really happy and uplifting um, <laughs> episode. Really glad we could talk about these happy, happy topics. I'm going to go edit this. <laughs> um, We love you guys. If you want to keep up with us, we are on Instagram at want to talk about it pod. Um, yeah, we will be posting our songs of the week. If you want to see the cover of Loka's book, you will be able to see it in her post on Instagram. So you should definitely go check that out. We love you. We next week. A great. I don't want to promise it, but next evening, week will probably be the highest one. Highly likely. We keep but talking about not. it. We keep talking about we, it. We certainly shall see. So, yeah. Anyway, we love you. Take care of yourself. Drink water. <laughs> Drink water. Find be healthy. Like find, find people who care. Find people that care. Love you guys. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>